Support for KZSU comes from Modeler.com, a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com works with architects from architecture and design firms to discover, discuss, and specify products for their building projects. We at KZSU thank Modeler.com for their generous underwriting of the production and broadcasting costs of The Modern Architect. KZSU, Stanford University's FM radio station, broadcasting across the Bay Area on 90.1 FM and across the world at kzsu.org. From the campus of Stanford University, this is the Modern Architect radio show and podcast, featuring one-on-one interviews with renowned and cutting-edge architects, influencers, and sustainability leaders. The show and podcast will inform, educate, and illuminate the transformation, joy, and inspiration architecture brings to our cities, communities, and lives. Hosted by architecture aficionado and principal of Accurate, this is Tom Dioro. Thank you, Shay. For our guest today, please welcome Lou Vasquez, founding partner and managing director of BUILD, a San Francisco multifamily residential developer that approaches each project as a holistic venture to foster thriving places. Lou is committed to ensuring that San Francisco remains a diverse city, providing opportunities for its most vulnerable citizens. For more information, feel free to visit www.bldsf.com. That's www.bldsf.com. Hello, Lou. We're excited and honored to have you here on the Modern Architect Radio Show and Podcast. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're honored. Lou, I'd like to start with something... um, at the beginning, what, what were some of your um, early inspirations, if you can recall, you know, as early as you can, in, early inspirations as to why it is you do what you do and how you do what you do so well? Uh, no one starts out to be a developer. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. Very true. The, the uh, you know, I mean, I started out painting houses in, on some summer break over the summer in San Francisco with my uncle, who was a house painter. Uh, did it all during during high school, did it during college, got out of college, said, now what do I do? I know how to paint houses. And started doing that, started a company, uh, started remodeling houses, started building houses, uh, had my first kid, became a general contractor, uh-huh. had my first kid and decided I had to get a real job. Oh, no way. Yeah. So, so from there, I went to... Uh, Trammell Crow, which was a, com- a large development firm mm-hmm. who was developing in San Francisco at the time and joined them as an estimator. Okay. Uh, and then slowly worked my way up, uh, rather quickly actually, worked my way up over about four or five years yeah. uh, into the senior ranks and learned my trade there. Uh, learned the construction side, learned the entitlement side, learned the financing side. And over the last 35 years, I've gained a lot of knowledge about what you do. And that's what a developer is, is a jack of all trades. Yeah. I, you know, I noticed on your, your the website you had something like a developer uh, needs to be, I think it was insane. Or, yes. Uh, what, what, was, it, was it? Was it? I don't know if they insane. A lunatic? A lunatic. <laughs> that's yeah. it. It was a lunatic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So you're only insane once a month. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, no. uh, yeah, 
explain a little bit about that. I it's mean, like werewolves. We're, we're la- <laughs> when it goes, sun goes down. No, so you turn into a, a, a lunatic. Um, what? You, why is that? I mean, I'm curious. Well, as be, to... I think it's because a lot of what you do. I mean, the great part of what you do are the interactions with the people that you work with, and you work with a whole range of people. You work with, uh, you know, institutional investors from China or Wall Street. You work with the neighbors. You work with the crazies at City Hall. You work with <laughs> architects and engineers. Um, so there's, the great thing is that there's this whole plethora of, of people that you're and, – and wide scope of people that you're dealing with. Um, I think that you have to change – you're a lunatic because nobody does it. Kind of, it. It's not a rational, reasonable profession to be in. Okay. It's subject to all sorts of influences – Macro influences, micro influences. Um, so the best business plan is kind of useless in a real estate market that's cyclical, that sometimes is great, sometimes is bad, and you don't know when the cycles are going to happen. Yeah. So it's actually, although you're, you're you're making light of the word and it's a positive of it, um, dealing with all those dynamics is is it something that you you almost can't even go to school for? No, you have to have you have to have some natural charisma to do it. I mean, okay. that that really helps. It really helps to be able to talk to anybody. Yeah. Um, and to kind of listen. I mean, you have to listen and you have to respond appropriately. Yeah. How do you process that in your mind, <laughs> that all, all those dynamics, and then still get a project completed? That just is, it, it literally is mind-blowing. Um, you, you, you kind of, you separate it into what, what is reasonable and logical and rational and what isn't. And the reasonable, logical stuff, I find I often hand off to somebody who really does it well. And then and That's interesting. So you hand off the reasonable and the logical. So you're taking on the real hard part. Yeah. And it's because it's what I like to do and it's okay. what I do well. And it's and it's something that, that not a lot of people do really well. Yeah. So that's, you know, for me, that's the fun part of this. For me, it's taking the intangibles and making them tangible. And it's always been for me as a builder. That's always been, you know, taking a two-dimensional set of plans and making it into a three-dimensional living, yeah. breathing building that's going to be there a hundred years. That's always been what's what's been the most interesting and the most provocative part of what I do. To that, what keeps me interested. Yeah, so it keeps you interested. And speaking of what's keeping you interested, you got a, a ton of projects in San Francisco. Um, how, are you at liberty to share? Uh, you know. Some of them, or at least the, the 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 most recent that you've done from from yeah. napkin to completion. Well, uh, so our portfolio currently is about twenty three hundred units, residential units in the city. Okay. In six projects, um, those projects range anywhere from one we just finished and we're leasing up, to one that we just uh, closed on two weeks, three weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Uh, 450 units in Soma that is starting at the start of a two- to three-year entitlement period and then two-year build-out after that. So, you know, we run the gamut on our on what we've got going right now. Yeah. Um, prob- you know, we've got two two really interesting. One is a 400-foot tower at, at Van Nessen Market, 300 high-end uh, residential units, condo project, uh, and that is linked to three blocks away to 100 units of affordable housing that will be built at the same time. Um, that was, you know, it's been a slightly controversial project, but it's 
pro- we pride on sell- ourselves on changing neighborhoods. And changing, so, okay. Changing neighborhood, obviously for the better. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but to listen to our critics, no, it's the opposite. You know, we're gentrifying. We're you, you know we're we're destroying neighborhoods, but we don't believe that. Yeah. Um, but that that project is at a at the corner of Maine and Maine, essentially, is is what we feel, and and that it will change essentially change that corner, in that neighborhood, and finish Market Street uh, over the next four years. Uh, so that's really exciting. It's we're using Snohetta as a design architect, um, nice. and they're you know they're obviously renowned for their work, um, and SCB as the as the uh, working architect, and all, they're also great. But that's been a real experience in terms of a, a really kind of um, what would I call it? I mean, it would be a trophy project somewhere else, or for someone else. For us, it's really uh, key to the idea of changing that Hayes Valley neighborhood. We're in it. We, we Our office is there. We've been there 15 years. You know, we were there when it was still, you know, junkies and and, yeah. and prostitutes on our block. And so to see the change happen is is interesting. Yeah. Um, How do you feel about knowing that you're a, uh, a catalyst for that? Which um, we That we try to be a catalyst yeah. for that. We try to be a catalyst for a better city. You know, yeah. that's, that's, we consciously do that. Yeah. I'd love to see the lens in your brain uh, sometimes, at least, Lou. If, uh, what, <laughs> uh, what, 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 what kind of sparks that when you look at an area that was, you know, um, you know, had a lot of junkies in there, a lot, a lot of issues, a lot of pr- problems, a lot of crime and no, and, and in your mind, do you kind of see it in your mind's eye that, Hey, I think, I think we can make this better. And here's kind of how, and then you kind of go through these steps. I don't know if um, it's that simple or if I'm being simplistic with it. No, but I, I, it's it's some of that. I mean, you know, I grew up in San Francisco, so I know the city like the back of my hand. I've been across it for 60 plus years now. Um, so I can, I have a sense of where where the projects are, where the, the city is going. And I mean, the house I grew up in on 43rd and Terravel, when I was born there, it was three years old. It was a brand new house. Now it's 63 yeah. plus years old, 60, almost 70 years old. So that neighborhood has matured prior to that house being there. That whole neighborhood was sand dunes. And I like to say if the sunset hadn't been built, it would all be national park now. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And in those days it was considered wasteland, <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, who would ever want to live out there? Yeah, and 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 so they finally built all the way to the beach. I remember sand dunes when I was a kid. You know, uh, all through the neighborhood, there were empty lots that were just sand dunes. Doggy diner and everything. Yeah, sure, doggy diner at the beach. You know where San Ignatius is now. That yeah. I went to Giannini, which is right next door. AP. That was a sand dune. AP. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, so it was, and there was still a sense of of you know the of nature in the neighborhood, which was wiped out completely by all those lots being filled in but you know so so you get a sense of how the city grows and grew um and looking at the the, like the southeastern side of san francisco where we have a project india basin Mm -hmm. which is 1200 units 250,000 feet of commercial and we just saw that that was uh the way the city had to go it was the only space left so that was kind of an easy one. Um, we just have to be there long enough to let the city catch up, but it will. Um, I like that. What you said, we have to be there long enough to let the city catch up. 
Yeah. So you're moving that far ahead. Yeah. I, well, you have to think in five yeah. to ten year. The fact is that to entitle and build a project in San Francisco is a minimum of five years anyway. Is it one of the most challenging that you know of cities in the in the United States to, to do what you're doing? It's interesting, yeah. A baited, yeah. Yes, it is. That's a baited question, but I'm curious to hear you. No, yes, yes, it is. Okay. But I just, I was talking, I had lunch with Bill Whitty at Related today, um, and we were talking about the most, they, they develop all over San Francisco, all over the U.S. and all over California. And I said, well, what's the most difficult place to develop? Thinking, of course, San Francisco would be. And he said, no, West L.A., Santa Monica. Really? Santa Monica, you cannot build anything. And then he said, Berkeley is second. And then he said, there's probably a couple of other cities. San Francisco is not as hard as probably five or six other cities in California. Good and great knowledge. I know. Really? And yeah. so that so that I, that chastised me a bit because I thought, oh, here I am yeah. developing in the hardest place in the world to develop. <laughs> and it's not. He said, nah. Yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, that's that's great to know. So, so you see how to – you have to think ahead of um, – do you even have to think ahead of city planning? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, you have to, um, the India Basin Project, for instance, we're doing what's called a development agreement with the city, which means a development agreement. Okay. So it's essentially a contract, a 20 or 25 or 30 year contract with the city that where we create our own zoning. And so. Really? Yes. Create your own. And, and so that allows us to, and once that's done, once the DA is complete, uh, and executed, signed by the city, approved by the board, approved by the planning commission. Uh, that is essentially a contractual agree- agreement that cannot be altered by the ballot or by anything else. So we lock in the... It's that strong. Huh? Yeah, which is why we did it. It's taken four years to do it. But, but that... Uh, so, yeah, we are ahead of the city. We are going out there and taking pieces of land that were, you know, that were... Uh, which we could have developed in a different way and kind of recreated it and developed it in a very intelligent and uh, urbanistically informed way. Yeah. How how similar are each project? I'm sure there's challenges with each project. and I don't know if it's brand new or is it do you kind of take the lesson learned from your most recent project and apply it to the next project, which makes it a little easier sometimes sometimes it makes it harder really well i think well i I think that as you get a little more ambitious that you get they 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 get they get more difficult i I mean obviously you take everything that you've learned and and put it into play um the field changes constantly and as you do get more ambitious i mean we're 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 relatively you know we're a middle-sized developer now but we really started out 15 years ago as two guys in a truck so did you really yeah Pretty much, that was that was it. Was three guys in a truck, you know, and a little bit of a little bit of money, but not much. No, I'm proud of you. That's a, that's significant. Yeah. So that yeah. that's it's been an interesting, you know, it's been interesting to see it build. I I I think I pri- I, I fool myself into thinking that I envisioned that it had been that it would be this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I fool myself. <laughs> I like but I, I do think that uh, in my in my in considering what build was going to be. I did have in mind a significant developer of multifamily uh, projects that would that would have an influence on urban San Francisco, and that would, you know, that would be a template for other builders or set the bar. Yeah, um, yeah. You love the city that much. 
I do too. It's where I, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I lived in Paris for two years, and I'd, I'd, I'd go there and develop if I could figure it out. But, <laughs> but it's, I know I love San Francisco. It's the best place in the world, I think. Yeah, you yeah, know. and you're helping to make it better. Trying. Yeah, no, no, you definitely, you definitely are. And speaking of trying to making it better, is. Um, have you seen some of the influence of your work, not just within your within build, but have you seen uh, some of the way you've you've uh, uh, conducted your, the, the process uh, and, and the buildings that other builders, other architects, other entities have have you can tell that you've had an influence on positively. Yeah. No, I think younger developers especially look at us and say, "Oh, there, that's the way to do it." I think that um, you know, I mean. When I grew up in the real estate industry, it was Neanderthal, right? Um, you know, literally, you know, and it was literally three martini lunches and and good old boys, and that still exists, you know. And and some of those guys are my friends, um, you know. Why not? And that that certainly still exists, but but that's they're aging out, you know. They're you know, uh, it's like I used to be cool, now I'm too old to be cool, um, you know. So they're aging out, and the new paradigm. Uh, what we've what we've done with build, uh, and one of the first things that we've all, especially Loring and, and Grant and I are the senior partners. We've always been engaged with the neighborhoods around where we're going to build. And whenever we look at a site or tie up a site, the first thing that we do is we go to the neighborhood associations, we go to the immediate neighbors, we start talking to them, and that gets us, you know, that informs what we can do and what we can't do, and. To literally have a plan, show it to people, have them comment on it, change that plan and go back to them. That was something that the neighborhood associations that we were dealing with had never seen. They'd say, well, you, usually the developer comes, presents us, we never see them again. Yeah. So that, that, I think that has informed how development gets done in San Francisco for a lot of people. That's excellent. Let's touch back on that. You're listening to The Modern Architect, KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM. For nearly 100 years, Save the Children has been creating brighter futures for the world's kids. In the U.S. and countries around the globe, Save the Children provides assistance to more than 143 million children. It provides what every child deserves, a healthy start, the opportunity to learn, and care when disaster strikes. If you'd like to learn more or make a donation, visit savethechildren.org. That's savethechildren.org. Now back to The Modern Architect on KZSU Stanford. We're talking today with Lou Vasquez, founding partner and managing director of BUILD, a San Francisco multifamily residential developer. For more information, you can visit www.bldsf.com. That's www.bldsf.com. Lou I like that word you used, engaged within the community, engaged in the neighborhood, and how you're kind of setting a new bar, or you're just setting a great precedence. Um, it's a, is, is that something you consider first? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I mean, it buys you so much for, you know, just for, just for being there, listening. Um, you know, I mean, these are not typically developers or professionals that we're dealing with. They're, they're people that care about their neighborhood. And... You might differ with them wildly on certain issues, but if you sit down and talk to them, even if at the end of the day you still differ, you, you, it's a civil conversation, and it's a reasonable, it's, you know, it can be an unreasonable conversation, but 
really having that contact and having those connections, like you say, being engaged in the in the community is really important to us. Yeah, can you? Are there any examples that you're 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 free to share with of? Uh, you don't have to say the neighborhood, but uh, where you came in and you felt like it may have been um, not so positive, but then you got you left uh, like okay, everyone kind of understands each other much better now. Uh, you know, so let me tell you about a failure. Um, okay. The, so we I love the we, honesty. Well, yeah. in building one oak, we you know uh, it was a it's a tower, and the parking ratio was point four five to one. Um, which is low for a for a condominium for sale uh, uh, product. We had engaged with the community. We, it was in our it was in our neighborhood. It was in Hayes Valley. We're in our offices are in Hayes Valley. We've you know we've been in, in the Hayes Valley Neighborhood Association for 15 years. You know we've been there a long time. We've watched it grow up. We've participated in it. Um, at the end of the day, uh, and, and I serve on the Market Octavia uh, Citizens Advisory Committee, which encompasses Hayes Valley, um, the mayor's appointment there. Um, so we're completely, completely in, immersed in the, in the community. We went through a two-and-a-half-year entitlement process on this project. And at the last minute, one individual who I know very well, who also set, serves on the Citizens Advisory Committee, and, you know, I mean, we have a reasonable relationship and we differ on a lot of things. He filed an appeal on, oh. uh, to our environmental impact report. Oh, no. And uh, because he only, he's, he's a bicycle fanatic, he didn't want any parking on the okay. site because he says parking causes traffic, which is not correct. Um, but he said, the, the, you know, so, but I'll accept 0.25 instead of 0.45. We felt that that made the project unfeasible. So we got into an involved. So he filed the appeal. We had sixty days to work it out. Um, we thought we that we had we we'd given quite a bit to the community in terms of uh, what this project brought with it. It brought one hundred and thirty four thousand dollars per unit of community benefits fees. Ooh! Wow! Yeah. So and you know and we had used those fees and leveraged those fees into better projects. We'd contributed another site where we had won the rights to develop for affordable housing. Uh, we had developed and entitled a plaza at the, on public land at the base of the tower. Um, we had gone out of our way, really, to make this an exemplary project. But at the end of the day, we got held up by, and you know, I, this individual's a sincere guy. I mean, he really, he's a fanatic, but he's a true fanatic. Um, and and so, you know, but the politics got into it at the end. And we had a, you know, at the end of the day, he did, he did not get, we got our .45. Okay. We had, we were, we were forced to write a large check to the city in order to get that. Um, and that was because there was, there was, there were, uh, there was a politician and the rest, the, the, the head of the neighborhood association got involved, and they had a different agenda, but they used that God, lever. I'm with you. Okay, I understand. And so that was yeah. kind of, you know, I think that was a failure on our part to engage. It was either a failure in that we over-engaged and gave too much up up front, so that's a strategic error, yeah. or that we did not advertise correctly what we had given and gotten better buy-in. Um, but, you know, I mean, you live and learn, and so I mean, the project 
Was that a worse example since you've been, uh, not an example, worse, but um, considered a failure, like you said. But you still you still got it done, though. We got it done, yeah. but it, it, yeah. it wasn't optimal. I mean, it left a bad taste in my mouth that yeah. we had done so much and then not been recognized as being part of the neighborhood and not being recognized for what we were doing and what we were trying to do. Yeah. Now, how how are neighborhoods receiving you now that you've been in operation for a number of years? You're obviously a native San Franciscan, and they, they can sense that you care. Um, does that op- make it easier, or um, or do they does it help facilitate the process a lot easier now that you've done this many times? I, I think it makes it easier. Okay. I think it, I think people know when we're coming there that you know that we're we're reasonable. We care about the city. That we are we're willing to listen. Um, that that uh, you know we're not the we're not the uh, Godzilla. Uh, although <laughs> a project Godzilla. we just did, I, I know. Godzilla. Although a project we just proposed <laughs> got called Godzilla now because that's in San Francisco. Everything gets a monster name these days. <laughs> And I like Godzilla, yeah. you know. And I said, no, we're Mothra. <laughs> um, was Mothra the three-headed? No. That no, was... Mothra was the big moth with the little That's women right. that sang. Oh, you're right. They <laughs> yeah. did. Uh, yeah, they sang. Mothra it. was good. Yeah. <laughs> Godzilla right. was bad. Yeah, supposedly, but we like, we like Godzilla there. So, so you, you take the, these, the projects and you're setting a, a bar with this. How, um, how, do the city, how does the city uh, warm up to you? When you say, hey, we have a project in mind, are they like, okay, let's go, what, what, what do you got for us? Here? No, I think the city likes us. The yeah. city the city respects us. They respect what we've done. You know, we've 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 entitled a lot of projects. We've built some of them. Um, they're really, they're good product. They're, they enhance the neighborhood. You know, we always say our projects. I like you said, called it, a good, they're good product. Yeah. And you said it's singular. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, how is that? That's neat. Well, it's, you know, I mean, that's what yeah. we do. We don't exactly build widgets but but you know we provide product and that product is housing yeah and my job is to build that product so you know that's for me that that's I it's like that it's simple definitely a shift in, in my thoughts and how, how what's it like when you go into a neighborhood where you recall what it was before you you got involved and then you see this kind of sounds you know really nice but it's actually true you know kids playing in the playing in the outside and they do you get to see that scene of your work, it's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, obviously, it's it's, it's you know, um, you know, it it takes so long that I forget that you know. I mean, I go back to neighborhoods and it's like, oh wait a second, I worked on that Victorian <laughs> oh, really? in 1974. Oh, <laughs> you know. So it's some of those, you know, and was it that one or that one, or am I even on the right block? Yeah. Uh, you know, and so there, there's you know, but yeah, it's it's always great. I used to feel great walking away from a building, like when we just had a big concrete pour or we'd put the, you know, we topped out on a building or, and thinking, oh, God, that's a sense of accomplishment. But, you know, but going back to buildings after you've, you're done with them and there's people living in them and the community has spread around it, that's really gratifying. And, yeah. and you, you can see it. And I always wondered if it was hubris thinking, oh, I've, we've, you know, that, that we really didn't do that. But, no, I do think we did that. 
Yeah. Well, do you leave a, a placard of sort? Like Frank Lloyd Wright had his uh, a placard that says uh, F- FLW on there. Does, does no, we should. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't have to be large, but you know, something yeah. so that at some point, you know, they, I've seen the markers in cities where they, they walk, you mm-hmm. know, they do in the city. I have a lot of places where they have the, the, uh, the emblem, yeah. a, a marker. Have you considered it just no. so that people know? I should get some bronze plaques made up and go on nailing, yeah. nailing them on old buildings. <laughs> no, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no, joking I, I, a little I'm bit not. about it, but I'm serious because um, you know, part of, a big part of the reason for the, the, our show is because we want to have uh, appreciation and recognition for architecture, building, and the built environment, especially a modern built environment and the improvement of it. And a lot of buildings, you won't know, most people won't know who did this, even yeah. if it's nice. It's, it reminded me of like, imagine reading all these books and, you, and they never put the author. Yeah. Well, the truth of the matter is that people don't know what a developer is. And the truth of the matter, you know, if you go out and you ask 100 people, you know, do you like development? 97 will say we hate it. And yeah. if you say, do you like home building? 97 will say, sure. <laughs> what's, <laughs> yeah, what's not to like? Yeah. And so there's this disconnect and this, and, and so, yes, promoting good practice and kind of in the built environment. I mean, it's a great idea. Yeah. And it's something that we talk about a lot. We, we don't do anything about yeah, it. We, we could should. talk to the city about making sure that from now on, every building, every structure that's built has a plan. <laughs> well, no, reaching, but. you know, I, I, I go to, but I go to, you know, I go to community meetings and, you know, they say, oh, you're a developer. You know, I don't do this anymore, but it's an old line. But they would say, oh, you're, de- you're an evil developer. And I would say, okay, everybody in here that built their own home, raise your hand. And of course, nobody, nobody raises their hands. Yeah, uh, and I say, who do you think built your house? You know, who do you think created the neighborhood that you're living in? It was yeah. developers. Yeah. That's what it was, you See, know? that's why we're you're here, Lou. Yeah. You're getting, getting that message out. Yeah. You know, we're around the world, 150 countries, you know? And, and, no, that's great. That's we have to rename thing. ourselves. We're rebranding, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's important. But that, that shift that you just shared, is that sounds like something that you do with... Uh, Every group, every neighborhood group that you talk to, that you have to do in some variance of what you just shared. With yeah, us. yeah, you have to, you have to demystify and de-demonize yourself. Wow, so you have to demystify and de-demonize oh, yourself. Oh man, wait till we come back for the next one. <laughs> this is the Modern Architect on KZSU Stanford ninety point one FM. The Carter Center is a non-governmental charitable organization founded in nineteen eighty two by former President Jimmy Carter and First Lady Rosalind Carter in partnership with Atlanta's Emory University. The Carter Center seeks to advance peace and health worldwide in numerous ways, from observing free elections and supporting human rights defenders to funding programs designed to eradicate devastating disease. To find out how you can help or get involved, visit cartercenter.org. That's cartercenter.org. Now back to the Modern Architect on KZSU Stanford. We're talking today with Lou Vasquez, founding partner and managing director of Build, a San Francisco multifamily residential developer. For more information, you can visit www.bldsf.com. That's www.bldsf.com. Lou, we were talking about the uh, D demonization of of the industry I, I i like that and can that be done on a on a large scale do you think i know you're doing it in san francisco almost a, pro, a project at a time but 
think about it. Can that be done so that people have a much better understanding or at least a shift in perception of, of a developer and what their true intention is, which well, is to make a better neighborhood? Yeah. We have one basic problem at the moment, which is our commander-in-chief, who is a developer. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, and he is the devil, so it's kind of, um, you know, so there is that equation. But on a local level, yeah, we need to, we need to inform the public of what we're doing. Um, you know, there's this notion that, oh, we go out and we cut the big deal, we smoke the big cigar, we, the <laughs> money comes pouring in, and then we, we don't care about what happens next. And the fact is that it's a hard business. And the fact is that you're subject, that, that the risk and the liability are great. Um, the returns can be spectacular. The returns can also be catastrophic. So it's, it's you Is know, it one way or the other or there's always kind of a middle? With you, tr- you, you aim for the middle okay. and you hope that the catastrophic doesn't happen and you never count on the, on, on the spike in, in prices. You know, so it's aha. Uh-huh. That's where I can start seeing what you called a lunatic because to live there, that's not for everybody. No, no, it's not. It's like a different species. It, I don't know if that's the right thing, to say. <laughs> but no, no. No, I get what you're saying. It's, okay, yeah. It's it takes a mindset that is it. Well, you have to be entrepreneurial to be a good okay. developer. And so that you have to be entrepreneurial to be a good developer. You okay. have to really be. You you have to be. I think I think you have to be willing to be the guy that turns out the lights at night and you know mops the floors as well as the guy who writes the big checks or signs the, signs your life away on a on a hundred million dollar two hundred million dollar loan. Yeah. What does that got to feel like? What does that feel like when you you know you have to do that and it's on you? And if it bombs, it's on you. You can't think about it too much. Really. <laughs> you can, well, yeah, you'd go crazy. Oh. And, and you, you know. And you're saying that with. It, 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 Ladies and gentlemen, Lou is saying this with a smile, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, yeah, you, because I am crazy. Um, you know, it, no, it's, it is, uh, you know, the, the, the risks are real and the risks are, uh, and the exposure is real. And that is what most people don't understand, that it's, it's a risk-reward business. And so, you know, if, if you're making widgets and making a, you know, a, a tenth of a cent on every widget, and you're making 10 million widgets, that's pretty safe, you know, so long as people are buying yeah. them. If you're doing these, these large projects where, you know, you're spending a large, large sums, you're taking a huge amount of time, uh, you're unsure of the outcome, uh, and then once you get to the outcome, you're still unsure of the return on investment. Um, that's, that is, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not... You're, we're not printing money. I mean, it, we're <laughs> just not. Yeah. yeah. That, that um, ensure, unsure of the outcome, how do you mitigate that, that reality? It, I'm, 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 so, I'm asking you well, something simple. And, and, and no, let me hour, give you an but, example. Let me give you an example. So, so we built a project called the Spree Park. Great project. You know, Business Times Project of the Year in 2008. Um, that was 142 condominium units. Uh, it, we, we rehabbed an, a 1906 brick warehouse. It was a, it's a beautiful project. Um, we started that in 2004, uh, and we completed the first... Well, we had the project about 90% complete, and uh, of the 142 units, we had 60 in contract. So we were ready to start delivering. 
we delivered the first unit in November of 2008, which means that a project which would have made 20 to 30 million dollars now had us 50 to 60 million dollars in the hole. Oh yeah. Oh my. Because all those buyers went away. Oh. And the bank called the called the loan and we had personally guaranteed it. Oh. And so what what looked like okay, we're on easy street suddenly went to an existential crisis. Yeah. And okay. we had to fight our way out of it. And and that that is the risk that you're taking on every project. Now we've gotten smarter about it and we protect our downside now and and we have deep pocket partners who are patient. Um, great partners, and they're patient, and they and they're willing to wait for a return, which is critical. So, but you know, you, you still have that that specter always of, is this going to work? I can build the best project ever, and it might fail because of stuff that's completely out of my control. Yeah, and that, that you said partners are patient. Um, how do you gauge that level of patience? Is it is it a, is it a timeline of years, uh, dollar figure? Uh, personality? Yeah. Uh, you know, the institutional investors all will tell you, the large banks and the large investment firms and pension funds, um, typically you can tell with them because they've got a life to their fund. So it's five years, seven years out. But of course, they'll all tell you, oh, we're very patient. We're patient money. Everybody will tell you that they're patient money. We're willing to wait. We understand the real estate cycles go up and down. As soon as things get bad, they want their money back. Really? Yeah. Is, is it almost to a person or it, to a group? It, it is a great preponderance, you know, and, and you know, I mean, and I say that. A great and preponderance. I, and I say Dropping that. Dropping down some serious <laughs> lingo. I love it. it. It's, you know, I mean, and I'm not, our investors are very patient and they have been very patient. We've got great investors. Um, some who have lost money and con- with us and continue to invest. Others who have made money and continue to reinvest. Um, but. You know, I, I hear always that, especially in a, a, like a larger investment firm, that they're patient money. And my experience is that they're not when, when they're, <laughs> everybody flees, you know, flees for the exits, you know. Yeah. And so you have to bear that in mind. Now, are a lot of the investors local or most half? We or? have, well, we have a lot of local investors, friends and family, um, some, some family offices, you know, which are, which are offices that do investments for high net worth families. Um, and then our institutional investors that provide our construction financing and the like are from Japan or China or Dubai or New York. Yeah. Um, so. Is there a great influ- greater influx of uh, international investors, say, in the last five, ten years? Yeah. Really? I think it's a lot of Asian money in San Francisco. How, right do, you, how, do, you, how do you also adjust to the cultural differences? Or is it if it's money, it's just money? Or no, there is a difference in how they invest and how they they want their return and what they expect from us. Um, there are there there are interesting cultural differences that you know. Um, there must be six or seven million chairmen in China because everybody comes to us <laughs> really? and says, "Oh, the chairman has approved this project," <laughs> and it's kind of like, "Okay, six or seven million. Yeah. There's a lot of chairmen. Okay. Um, okay. You know, and so yeah, and so there's this culture of you know, oh, well, the chairman said this is okay. And so, and, and, and China is not, a, you know, it's not a capitalist society. It, it, I mean, it's a capitalist society, but it's a communist uh, economic structure and government. Okay. And so there's this top-down kind of thing where, um, you know, where, where some of them leave their local partners alone and some don't. 
And so we've talked to a lot of these firms. We're, we're partnering with a great one right now, Vanke, on a project. Um, but a lot of them kind of come through and, you know, it's all, th- there's a lot of big talk and then you never hear from them again. Huh. So, so, you know, I'm, it's interesting. Um, a lot of them too. You didn't say a couple of them. You said a lot of them have a lot of b- big talk and then they don't come through with anything. Is right. There, have you ever put your finger on, oh, I think this is why, or is it just human nature? I don't know. I think they're doing a lot of fishing. I think they're out there trying to find, they don't, they, maybe they don't know what, maybe, you know, and I do think that it's top down. I think if somebody falls in love with a project, then they, they buy it and, and yeah. overpay for it if they have to and invest over invest or, or invest in a, in a risky deal. Yeah. How do you deal with it? Um, I guess uh, it's kind of insulting to them, but uh, they don't know what they don't know. Um, well, yeah, that's any investor, any, inv- yeah. you know, any investor is, is, uh, but, but that is, you know, I mean, I've, I've, that, that's, I've worked for a couple of large real estate investment trusts in my career. And I've seen a lot of them come into town saying, oh, in San Francisco, we're going to, I remember one Texan <laughs> saying to me, we're going to teach that cow how to chew the cabbage. And I said, we're going to teach that cow how to chew the cabbage. Okay. And I said, what does that mean? (laughs) But, you know, what he was saying was, we're going to come into San Francisco and we're going to, you know, we're going to, we don't, you know, your your entitlement process, your politics, we're going to blow right through that. And, of course, three years later, they left with their tails between their legs. So, you know, that, I've seen that, I see that happening a lot. Others are successful. Um, So, yeah, there's... You know, there's people that are, have done development in other areas, in other parts of the country, in other parts of the world, who come here thinking that it's easy, and it's anything but easy. It's expensive, it's time-consuming, and it's difficult. Yeah, have you seen met many uh, counterparts to what you do in the city? Sure. Yeah? Well, I know all the developers. Yeah. <laughs> there's only 10 of us, so... It, no it, way. Uh, there's very few. I mean, there's very few... Ten uh, in a city, seven by seven, right? Yeah, I, I, I might be exaggerating. Is that but just San Francisco proper? Yeah, San Francisco or it, proper. Okay, so there, if but, you have ten of them, yeah, really, there's not did that you grow many. Up with any of them, or uh, you just kind of met them as you? No, I've met. I've no, I don't know anybody. No one, no one, no one I grew up with became a developer except for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, one out of ten. That boy, that's that's uh, that's some very small numbers. So, uh, out of the ten, there um, are some of them inspirational to you. That you'd say, yeah. oh, you know what? That's I never thought of this doing it that way. Let me try that way, or well, try it certain area. You know, I, yeah. There's there's there are a couple who are. Uh, I look at what they're doing and I say, how did they do that? And that's you know, how did they get that d- deal done? How in a, in a positive way? In a positive yeah, okay, way. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. It, it, it that's a great project. I have no idea how they managed to do that. And so that for me, that's inspirational because, uh, you know, I, I like the challenge. I like to try to figure out how to put a deal together that works that way. It's very Matrix sounding. The uh, movie, The Matrix, yeah. you know, it's like if you've got 10 and, you, and you're, you're saying, you know, with the, your experience, how did I, how do they do that? It, it, that means to the average person it would look literally impossible. I think it does. I think, I think you look at something like the Salesforce Tower. Okay. How did that get built? I mean, that's a yeah. billion dollars of investment in one building. Who put that together? Who designed that? Who had the nerve to put that much money into it? And yeah. you know, and who could who could assemble that? And so, uh, you know, 
I admire the developer that put that together. And it's an iconic building dot on top of that. Yeah, so your your word, the a lunatic, is uh, in essence a compliment. Yeah, absolutely. You've taken what once was deemed a, a neg- very negative into something. Oh, they're a lunatic. Like yeah. in, like they're ferocious. You know how words change like that. That's bad. Like right. they used to be bad, and then what when. Well, I'm aging myself here, but when you were a kid, bad meant like, oh, that was great. Right. It shifted. <laughs> right. It shifted. So the lunatic is actually a positive trait to have if you're going to do this. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. you have to be inspired and you have to be um, fearless. I mean, I think it's very Fearless. Important. I like that. How much does fear enter in a lot of people's decisions in your experience? Oh, quite a bit. Really? Oh, quite a bit. Yeah. And I think – and there's reasonable fear and then there's irrational fear. And so – but, you know, fear and intimidation are part of this business as well. And, and so, you know, fear of, fear of loss. I mean, you know, fear of, of losing your livelihood or losing your, your net worth or, you know, uh, just or, or fear of, of, of failing your, your investors or your, your staff or, sure, that, that plays a part in it. Yeah. But you have to be fearless. If you're not fearless, then you need to be somewhere else. And yeah, that's for sure. How about um, so you you talk fearless? Another, how about the, your level of courage? Do you have on a project that looks like oh boy, if we try to get this one done, this is going to be a bear. How but we got to go for it. Is there a certain uh, swashbucklerness to that you have to have? Oh sure. To do that, <laughs> yeah. Just stay on the word. The, the word courage. Yeah, one would I would think have have a lot of courage to do it. Not just obviously you to start it, but even the players in it. Yeah. No, I, I think, you know, I, I wouldn't call it courage. I think courage is okay, well, something, we, we, something more than that. But I, I think it, I think it takes a certain level. It's, it's a mixture of confidence and, um, like I said before, this entrepreneurial spirit to go forward into places where, or, or into projects or with a plan that doesn't necessarily have a, an end in sight and that has that there's a lot of we, we say when a project is difficult we say it's hairy so you have <laughs> hairy, a hairy like a hairy well, like hair, hair like having okay. like having a lot of hair on okay. it okay um you know to and that's the kind of projects that we like you know we like gnarly hairy projects um because nobody else will do them nobody else will look at them and we find that we find the nugget we find that we find the uh you know, the, the needle in the haystack that is the, the thing that makes this project successful. Yeah. So even if you find that, that needle in the haystack, what if there's no haystack to begin with? What I mean is just, um, I've heard a phrase I liked a lot, is dirt. Yeah. Can you dirt. also work with that, to, you know, where there's nothing? Or yeah. In an area that looks like, well, why would you do anything here? And then how do you envision? Let's touch back. This is the Modern Architect, KZSU, 90.1 FM, Stanford. Entitled Opinions is an hour-long intellectual dialogue about life, literature, and other things, including discussions of the arts, sciences, and history, with mainly Stanford-based academics, as well as other distinguished guests. It's hosted by Robert Harrison, professor of French and Italian literature, only on KZSU Stanford, on Monday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. You can catch that before The Modern Architect, which airs at 10. Now back to you with The Modern Architect on KZSU Stanford. We're talking today with Lou Vasquez, founding partner and managing director of BUILD, a San Francisco multifamily residential developer. For more information, 
you can visit www.bldsf.com. That's www.bldsf.com. Lou, we were talking about dirt, Amy, and see how you see there's there's just there's nothing. Yeah. And you still can you envision what could be from nothing? Um. Yeah. I. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing there, but we could do something. Right. You, you can, and and okay. I mean, there's there's raw dirt. So I mean, I've spent a lot of my career developing out in green fields, in Dublin and Pleasanton and Santa Rosa, and I really didn't want to do that anymore. <laughs> but that was literally dirt. Okay, that yeah. was pasture out there, and you'd go in and you'd you'd build a 20 acre site and put a bunch of buildings on it and build 300 units there. So that was easy because it's just dirt and it's a big square and you can design it easily and put the roads and the infrastructure in and you know what the buildings are going to look like and you just repeat the buildings. Looking at a piece of dirt in San Francisco where it's got um, a 1906 brick warehouse on it uh, and a parking lot and these odd railroad spurs and the neighborhood has just declared itself a historic district and saying, okay, we can build housing there. Or looking at... uh, a donut shop on the corner of Market and Van Ness, and saying, "Well, if we, you know, we can build a forty-story, three hundred-unit luxury condo tower there, um, you know, with with you know with, <laughs> you know, you have to have that vision. You have to have the, the and uh, and to some extent, it's you know, I've been here so long that it's almost instinctual that I can look at a piece of dirt in a neighborhood and say, yeah, that's going to work. It's got." the necessary, and I'm not, I don't know if I could articulate the pieces that it needs, okay. but it's got the pieces that it needs to be successful. Um, and that's also aided by the fact that San Francisco has a chronic housing shortage. Yeah. So whatever you build, if you can hold on to it, will make money, will be worth more down the line than than what, what you pay for it. Yeah. I, I had a friend, uh, Max Myers, <clears throat> who uh, I went to school with his with his daughter, um, and uh, he's he's still around, but he's he had a he made his money. He had a linen linen uh, uh, store that sold the hotels, and so they had a little place on Mission Street. And he once told me, "Well, you know, Lou, I've been buying all these buildings in in South of Market and around the train station, old brick buildings. I just I I have to buy them because they're so cheap. I can't afford not to buy them, and so." You know, now he owns oh, no. huge oh. portions of Soma, oh. and he's guy still got his little linen store there, except that it's immediately adjacent to the Museum of Modern Art. Oh. And so, you know, and so there's it's kind of there is that built-in uh, advantage that anything that you buy in San Francisco, if you can hang on to it, will ultimately be worth more. Yeah. Now you have you have a great uh, a great quote that I like as uh, our business is urban. Place making. Yeah. Share with us urban place making. Yeah, it's it's the fact that it, it's what we talked about before. It's the dynamic of a building. When you when you put three hundred units on a site, you're putting six hundred people or more on that site, on the sidewalk, in the neighborhood. You you know, um, Dogpatch, for instance, when we built a spree, there were probably three hundred and fifty residents at Dogpatch. By the end of this year, there'll probably be over 2,000 residents in Dogpatch. So you're, you're, you're changing the dynamics. You're changing the neighborhood. To do that in a way that doesn't destroy the neighborhood, first of all, 
is really important. To do that in a way that is cathartic and a catalyst for more and better development, San Francisco has to be dense. I think San Francisco should have a million two instead of 900,000 yeah. people or more. Well, that's great you have that vision for it and to still be efficient, effective, and uh, the crown jewel that it is. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I mean, like I said, I lived in Paris for two years. Paris is 42 square miles, has 2.4 million people in it. San Francisco is 49 square miles, has 900,000 people in it. Okay. I, you know, in Paris, you could breathe. You never yeah. feel crowded. I mean, there's a lot of people there. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah. but it's it's done right. There's there you know it's it's been a thousand years of doing it, but the, you know there's no buildings above sixty feet. Um, you know it's all you know it's all big apartment buildings holding a lot of people, um, and it, you can put that many people in that space and have it be one of the best places in the world. Yeah. And there's this fear of overcrowding and oh my god, you know it's I mean I laugh because in San Francisco you know I live there I have a car I drive there. And everybody says, oh, the traffic is terrible. Yeah, the traffic is terrible for an, an hour and a half. And if you're trying to get on the Bay Bridge, traffic is terrible. If you're driving to drive, trying to drive to Ocean Beach, there's yeah. nobody there. Yeah, exactly. So, no, you're uh, actually, yeah. true. That's very true. The, the other um, uh, an interesting take you've got is, is uh, opportunities for its, most, the city for, for its most vulnerable citizens. Right. Share with us your, 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 uh, your thoughts on that or well, your take on that. You know, I, I, I mean, I think just in general, society needs to take care of its most, most vulnerable people. I mean, that's, um, you know, and, and that's part of my nature. Um, and, and part of that, is, you know, I think that... I like that's part of your nature. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's how I grew yeah. up. That's what my parents taught me. That's, you know, and so, and I think it's a, val- it's a great value to have. Um, so I can't go into some place and say, well, I don't care that, you know, I'm going to build all these units and I don't care about what happens to the people next to it, next to me. Uh, you know, it, I, I have to care about those people and I have to figure out, I have to figure that at least I'm, I think that what I want to do is make it a better neighborhood, safer neighborhood, more, more resources for people who are on the street or who are, you know, living in, in squalor. You know, figure out how to get them better housing. Figure out how to keep them where they are without driving them out with rising rents. Um, you know, provide recreational opportunities. Provide daycare. Um, provide uh, every, every, you know, just security. Uh, that's what people want. People want people want to be safe where they live. People, you know. Um, so, so you know, there's, I think that's very important to me. Yeah. Anything that you'd like to share with us that we, you know, we have an hour here, but that we may not have touched on. There's actually a lot. I've looked at a list of questions and we haven't answered most of them. Um, well, yeah. I, yeah. One, one thing was, yeah. I just noted that you, that your, your uh, intro there talked about uh, Stanford related, Stanford and Stanford related people. Yeah. I just want to say I didn't get into Stanford. Oh, really? And I had okay. to go to Yale instead. Oh, And I've Yale. always held it against Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You ought to keep that because that kind of fires you up. Oh, it does. It does. You know, it just makes my blood boil to come to, to Palo Alto. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it now. I'm backing up as we speak. No, that, that, that's great. Yeah, no, but this is, you know, it, uh, I love having these conversations. Oh, no. We're, uh, we're happy that you're here. Um, again, other than, the, the, than that, <laughs> anything else? That, you know, with Build, um, the city of San Francisco, I've seen the projects you've done I, I i think they're great they're actually uh, is there a touch of iconicness to your 
what you want with the neighborhoods as well. Yeah. Okay. Hey, before we leave, share with the, with this. Yeah, I mean, what we see is, for instance, in Hayes Valley. When we moved in Hayes Valley, we were on Dead End Street with a collapsed freeway at the end of the, the end of the block, um, uh, and you know there was nobody there. We we moved, in, we redid this this uh, old warehouse, which had been a pornographic studio, pornographic film production studio, and we redid it. We you know. Tore it all out, built, added a third story. Um, but there was still nobody there. It was still just an alley in Hayes Valley, which was a rundown neighborhood. We, my partner Loring, went, it was at the ferry building one day and um, ran into this guy making coffee, this barista making coffee out of a little cart. Had a cup of coffee, had a cappuccino, loved it, sat with him for two hours, oh, two drank, hours? Wow. talked with him, said, Look, I've got a garage in, uh, in Hayes, on Linden in Hayes Valley. Why don't, why don't we build you a cart and put it there? And that became Blue Bottle Coffee's first no way. permanent location. Oh, that's so, awesome. So, yeah, there's the iconic, right? Yeah. There's, there's, you know, there's this kind of, we can, you know, that, that kind of opened my eyes. It's kind of like, oh, wait, we can do this thing, which is not just a little local thing, which grows. And now it's become so big that Nestle bought it. Yeah. But, that's but, right, just but, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so and James Freeman, the, the, the guy that was making those coffees, still, he still comes around, and, you know, we sit on the street and chat. and So, so there's, yeah, there's the iconic. There's, you know, right now we're, we're it's interesting, right now in India Basin, 1,200 homes, a couple hundred thousand square commercial. We've been talking to Sidewalk Labs. We've been talking to, to Google, to Salesforce, to Genentech. Uh, you know, what do you guys see? What What should be here? What... What's the future of San Francisco? If you had anything to do with this, you know, how would you do it? And so that's striving for the iconic. That's trying to do something that is, you know, not only not only locally appreciated, but it's like, okay, this is how we handle technology. This is how we handle neighborhoods. Yeah. That's great. You know what? You got to get those plaques on every building. <laughs> you definitely do. Um we, you've been listening to The Modern Architect. I'm Tom Dioro. Our guest today has been Lou Vasquez, founding partner and managing director of BUILD, a San Francisco multifamily residential developer that approaches each project as a holistic venture to foster thriving places. Lou's committed to ensuring that San Francisco remains a diversity, providing opportunities for its most vulnerable cities as well. For more information, you can visit www.bld.com sf.com that's bldsf.com join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect engineer influencer or civic leader committed to positive and sustainable cities communities and lives one architect is recorded at stanford university studios in palo alto california and is a production of kzc radio the recording engineer and production manager is akshay Juggy. the assistant engineer is charlotte m thornton and we're all assisted by Caleb B. Smith. And the executive producer and host of The Modern Architect is Tom Dioro. Tune in again next week for another edition of The Modern Architect. Support for KZSU comes from Modeler.com a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com works with architects from architecture and design firms to discover, discuss, and specify 
products for their building projects. We at KZSU thank Modeler.com for their generous underwriting of the production and broadcasting costs of The Modern Architect.